The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open again to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, we'll pick up our reading with verse 3 after a word of prayer as we continue looking at the life of the church body and how it is to be under the government of God. There ought to be a decent order in the church in these days, just as it was in the days of the early church. Father, we come now to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for the privilege to preach. Thank you for those that listen to the Truths to Live By radio broadcast. I pray that we would be a blessing to them today. I ask you to help all the stations that air our program and all the listeners. Draw them to your side. Give them a glimpse of Jesus in all of his glory, even today. Thank you for being our Lord, being our Savior, for being our friend, our fortress and our soon-coming King. We look for that blessed hope. We listen for the shout and for the sound of the trumpet. And we say, Even so come, Lord Jesus, even so come. And I ask my prayer now in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Find First Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I would have you know, that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. As you take the order then, and see how the order descends, it is from God the Father, to Christ the Son, to the man, to the woman. This order of authority, this order of headship, is for both the church and the home. And I believe if followed in the business world and in all things, things would be much better. 
for you cannot improve on God's divine order of headship. And so consider now with me some thoughts and truths concerning this order of headship in the church and in the home. As we think about headship, we think about our testimony. We think about authority. We think about the purity and the power of the church body, the unity of the body. Headship is not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to be ignored. And Paul discusses it in verses 3 through 12. There is authority divinely ordered by God. But then authority must be diligently observed by you and by me. It must be observed in respect to the church. Verses 4 and 5. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. Again, I'm dealing with congregational relationships and that public worship of God in the church. Let us respect the house of God and diligently observe the worship of the Lord. Now, again, in this time period when the book was written there was much of the sign gifts still operating and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was still I believe in that transition period from the Jews and the kingdom over to the Gentiles and the body of Christ being brought in and the kingdom offer being rejected fully by the Jews and the day of grace completely ushered in and Paul's dealing with things that we don't see today operating in the church as we see a little further over in the book when we deal with the subject of tongues. And so in respect to the church, let us observe God's order for authority. But then in respect to the covering, and these are controversial verses and a controversial subject here, but Verses 6 and 7, For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man, indeed, ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. So notice with me how these verses follow the description concerning how order and headship descends from God to Christ, to man, to woman. And so I re-emphasize, I reinforce here that the man, he is the image and glory of God. And the woman, she is the glory of the man. Why? Paul goes on to explain it. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. 
but all things of God. So consider then the man, the woman, the covering, the hair. He goes on to say, verse number 13, judging yourselves. Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Authority must be diligently observed in respect to the church, in respect to the covering, and I believe the woman's hair, and then in respect to the creation, verses 8 through 12. I got a little ahead of myself, but I felt it necessary to read verses 13 through 16. But let's go back to this matter of the covering. The matter of headship, it is testified to through the length of the hair. The hair of the woman is to be long, not to be shorn, not to be short, for her hair is a covering given to her, and it is therefore a sign that she has accepted her role and she is in submission to her Lord and to her head, even the man. Not trying to take his place by cutting her hair short and acting the part of the man. And thus the man is to keep his hair short and accept his role and be in submission to his head, even to Christ. And of course, we know Christ is faithful over his house. And as head of the church, he is exactly where he is supposed to be. And so now we go on and say this. Today, there is much confusion. According to society, let there not be a distinction between the sexes in their appearance. But God shows here that the man should be noticed by the length of his hair. It should be noticeably short, especially when compared to women. And women ought to be noticed by the length of their hair, not the shortness, but the length. And it should be noticeably long and longer than the man. And all of this confusion concerning hair and fashion and quote-unquote gender dysphoria, and how do you identify either as a man or as a woman, it matters not what you are according to nature and according to biology, but according to how you feel. This is absolute confusion from the devil, and society, rather than accepting the word of God and the order of headship, is completely out of order and producing effeminates and producing sodomites or homosexuals, as they're called, gays, queers, lesbians, and it is not of God. There is no such thing, according to God and the Scriptures, as sexual preference. Genesis 1.27, remember that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, 
created he him. Male and female created he them. Again, I emphasize, man that was created, he is the image and glory of God. And woman that was taken from man and made to be his helpmate, she is the glory of the man. And what is more beautiful than a man completely submitted to God, following after Christ, in obedience to the Word, in dependence to the Holy Spirit, leaning on God's good grace, daily praying, seeking God's face, with his hair cut short, identifying him as the head of the wife and of the home, and in submission to his head, even Christ. And beside him stands that woman, his wife, with her hair long, dressed properly, dressed godly, complimenting the man, bringing beauty and glory to him as he brings glory to God. And children standing all around, what a glory, what a testimony they are in this ungodly age in which we live. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.